What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am Mags, and uh, joining me today, Mr. Paul Tolley. Paul, how are you, sir? I'm feeling grand. Really good, yeah. How, how are you? You, feel it, you feeling better now? Yeah, I had a, um, a bit of a grotty weekend uh, full of sniffles. Uh, it definitely wasn't the Rona because the wife essentially pinned me down and stuck a, a cotton bud in my throat and my, and my nose. Yeah, and it came back one line <laughs> negative. Um, but now my, my throat is worse because it's been ravaged by Mrs. Mags. That sounds <laughs> every way wrong. Um, Did she do your ears while she was there as well? Give them a bit of a clean out? <laughs> I should imagine, you, you, you wear headphones for most of the week, so I imagine they get quite waxy in there. Well, and I actually wear um, like earbuds most of the time. It's only when I'm having the pleasure of recording that I have headphones on. Well, so you're always recording. That, well, that is that's very, very true, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah, uh, she didn't clean my ears, unfortunately. But I might get it to next time I, I, I potentially catch the roar. <laughs> just convince her as part of the test yeah <laughs> um so yeah how's, how's your week been you uh you've been fine yeah it's been just yeah nothing really uneventful nothing's happened at all just, that just makes carry a on. great audio <laughs> um, i can make something up yeah unfortunately um mr cash is unavailable today um I mean, essentially, I'm going to sell him down the river. He bailed on us with about half an hour to go. Uh, he's got some some real life issues uh, have come up, so unfortunately, wasn't able to be here. And we're still also on for the for the uh, the episode with uh, Clark from Ricky Clark Show. Uh, hopefully, in the next few weeks, when he's uh, when he's feeling up to the task. Uh, but as of now, uh, it's just me and you, sir. So uh, let's get into uh, this week's uh, topic. Uh, it was my topic, um, and I posed the question, uh, what if Triple H didn't marry Stephanie McMahon? Um, now, we've obviously discussed uh, a little bit before we started recording. This was actually a tough one to, to actually pin down. Uh, I mean, from my point of view, it, it, it felt like I had to make quite a few leaps rather than educated guesses i don't know how it came uh came for you obviously you you attacked this in a, a a pretty different way to me but yeah how did you find uh kind of coming up with your your thought processes on this yeah well we'll, we'll see when we when we get to it. I, i've gone for tip typically i i 
usually focus more on the non-kayfabe side. For this, I've gone for a bit of mix of both. For the uh, mm-hmm. for uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've gone into a full magsy style fantasy booking, but I've I've fleshed out an idea, um, okay. and then I've got some behind the scenes kind of stuff as well. But like you, complete leaps of fantasy, um, some salacious. <laughs> Some salacious leaps from rumor to actuality. Um, just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've not been able to. I didn't think that this was a a topic that lent itself to creating a timeline. Um, so I've I've essentially picked out uh, points and and kind of like spoke about them, um, almost like how you do with a spider diagram, uh, where you have your kind of talking points and you expand on them from that. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, as I like to uh, give a, a little bit of a of a backstory on uh, on uh, Triple H, if you and Stephanie, if you didn't know who they were, obviously, I mean, if you didn't, why are you listening to a wrestling podcast? I go through phases of forgetting who <laughs> who the McMahon's are. What is a Triple H? <laughs> so, Triple H, also known as Paul Michael Levesque born uh, in July 27th, 1969, obviously better known uh, by the ring name Triple H. He's a a professional wrestler, uh, an executive, and also an actor. Uh, He's currently signed to the WWE and is Executive Vice President of Global Talent Strategy and Development. What's he acted in? So he was in Blade. I remember he's in Blade Trinity. Yeah, he was in. He's been, been in a few uh, WWE uh, films. Um, yeah, he was, but his main role was Blade Trinity. Let's uh, see if I've got his Wikipedia up. Um, so movies, movies of Triple H. So he's been in Blade, uh, The Chaperone, uh, Inside Out, uh, Scooby Doo, a WrestleMania mystery. Yeah, um, Scooby Doo and the WWE Curse of the Speed Demon, right. and surfs up to Wave Mania. It was the in, uh, Inside Out, the, the Pixar movie, or a different Inside Out. In no, this is this. <laughs> looking looking at the poster, it's not very Pixar-y. It's a uh, okay. It's um, it looks like an action film. He's the he's the actual main star of it, and he's uh, with uh, Michael uh, Rappaport, the the guy who tends to play people from from Boston. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not uh, yeah, it's not a big film. Oh, it's, shame. Do you um, do you pop when a wrestler um, pops up in a film or like a TV program you weren't expecting? Um, sometimes. Yeah. But are you, I try and avoid wrestler acting movies like The Plague because they're not good at it. No, they're not. No. I mean, Cena, I suppose, like I'll, I'll watch things that he's in. The Rock, definitely, because obviously he's, the, he's, he's hard to avoid. Uh, but if I know <laughs> that there's a, a wrestler in it, it's it's more than likely going to be a, a pretty lackluster film. So yeah. it, it doesn't really enter my... My viewing schedule. I was watching um, uh, a program called Shooter on Netflix. Okay, so based on the uh, the movie about the... it's based on a Mark Wahlberg movie, I think. Yeah. Um, I've not seen the movie, but I was watching the show, and uh, and Randy Randy Orton popped up halfway through the series. So I have a, a yeah. little 
little mark out for that because I didn't expect it. But he, he was shit. <laughs> he got shot in the he first was... 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's very wooden. Really? Now, you yeah. wouldn't expect that because you'd think he'd come across as a, a decent actor. He's a good promo. Mm-hmm. So, which is acting essentially, isn't it? Anyway, sorry, I sidetracked you there, yeah. but yeah, you did. Um, so let's talk about <laughs> Stephanie now. So, Stephanie uh, McMahon Levesque, she was actually born Stephanie Marie McMahon. Uh, she's an American businesswoman, retired professional wrestler. She's the chief brand officer of the WWE, uh, and uh, often appears as a as a, an authoritative figure uh, on Raw, SmackDown, and, and NXT. Um, so yeah, they. They ended up actually getting married in uh, 2003. Uh, they actually got engaged in on Valentine's Day of that year, but but they'd been in a relationship um, from around the year 2000. There's a, there's a kind of like conflicting reports. Obviously, we'll, we'll probably dive more into that later on in, in the show, but there's conflicting reports as, as to where their relationship uh, started. Uh, but was, like she, said, was, they, she, was she not drugged for... For her actual <laughs> wedding, that may have been a illegal and b <laughs> kayfabe. It was in Vegas. It's not illegal in Vegas, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> to drug somebody and then marry them. <laughs> Saw it with my own eyes on WWF Raw. Yep. So, so they got married in 2003 uh, in uh, Sleep Hollow, New York. Um, but yeah, essentially, this week's uh, this week's topic is what if that wedding didn't happen? What if uh, if they didn't have that uh, that that day in Sleep Hollow where they they got married? Um, so yeah, how do you want to approach this? Do you want me to go first? Uh, or I, I've got a feeling we're going to be touching on pretty similar points. So um, I think we might well to... be. So maybe we'll uh, we'll tennis it about a bit, knocking back and forth. Okay, so. Um... But by all means, take the lead. Right. So before I get into uh, into, it, I want to lay a little bit of backstory of, of, of how the, the the wedding came up. So um, Triple H actually first uh, won the title, the WF title in um, August 1999, which was the night after SummerSlam, uh, and this was deep into a, a storyline where uh, China who was Triple H's bodyguard at the time, uh, and, and Triple H had be, betrayed DX to join the corporation. Uh, that that storyline had started around WrestleMania, uh, but he drops the title to Vince in September, wins it back uh, a week later at Unforgiven, and then ends up dropping it at uh, Survivor Series to Big Show. Uh, that was in a triple threat match with The Rock, but Big Show was actually a replacement in that match. He'd actually wrestled earlier on the show, and he was uh, a replacement because um, that was the 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 match where Austin was run over by uh, a mysterious figure in a car, which ended up being Rikishi, uh, who did it for The Rock, and it was Triple H who set all that up. Um, but once um, Triple H had dropped the title uh, at Survivor Series, he went into a, a, a continued feud with Mr. McMahon, uh, which led to the Vegas wedding, uh, where... Um, Triple H essentially usurped Test, uh, who was uh, who was in a kayfabe relationship with Stephanie at the time, uh, and and essentially married his way by hook or back hook into the McMahon family. Um, so for for my storyline, or for how I want to kind of uh, talk about this relationship, that whole thing doesn't happen because. Um, 
the the kind of lead up into that storyline, uh, and we'll get further into it uh, as we as we go along. That's actually fundamental to how Steph and Triple H end up becoming a couple. That whole kind of uh, um, them being together on screen leads to them being together off screen. If you if you understand what I mean, so. I w- we will, or I, at least I, I know I'll be touching upon that a little bit later on, but I want to delve into what happens to Triple H first, uh, if if that doesn't happen, if the, the storyline of him uh, doesn't lead to him marrying into the, the, the man family. So first I want to look at uh, the number of world title reigns that, that he ends up having. So oh, this, has, is inter- this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Higher or lower? Well, so currently now, uh, he's a 14-time world champion. So the the first two, as we mentioned, were were part of this storyline that led that eventually led to him marrying uh, Stephanie in, in kayfabe, then marrying her in real life. Twelve of those reigns came afterwards. Um, so for me, I, I don't think it's a too much of a stretch to suggest that. Triple H becoming a part of the McMahon uh, inner circle and the McMahon family, that that went a long way to Triple H getting getting some of those title reigns. The fact he was so close with the the family that books the show, the, the family that runs the show, that that he would be pushed as one of the the the, the major champions. I'm not for any second saying that he would never be a world champion. Uh, he's absolutely more than credible as a champion, one of the most talented wrestlers to to ever be in the ring. But I think the number of title reigns is is bumped up because of his uh, of his affiliation with the McMahon's. Uh, so if you compare with uh, wrestlers of of his caliber. Um, you've got the likes of Hulk Hogan, uh, one of the, the the biggest names in wrestling, only ever had the title six times. You have the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin, arguably the one of the biggest stars to ever come out of wrestling, only had the title six times. Bret Hart, who had a career uh, as long as Triple H, uh, until obviously the um, the the injury that, that took him out from from Goldberg, he only had the title five times. So for for Triple H to essentially have more than double their amount of title reigns, I think it's uh it's safe to say that he would be closer to th- this ball ballpark figure than he would uh, the top end uh, the the fourteen, fifteen, mm. sixteen reigns. It's a really difficult one to unpick. I think I think you'd be in double figures. I don't I I, I don't I don't think. The Hogan's and the Hearts and even Austin's are comparable comparable figures. Because Triple H spent a lot of his career while there was deal brands and two world yeah. titles. You've also got um, Triple H's longevity. He was active for a very long time, um, and up until very recently, semi-active as well, in which he was still winning titles, but. <laughs> Again, this is what we said at the beginning about actually going back and how do you tie this together into a neat timeline? If he's, for instance, if he's not a lie, if he's if he's not married to Stephanie McMahon, you'd have to you'd have to think stuff like the authority doesn't happen, mm-hmm. which he's certainly got one title reign in that. Maybe, maybe 
maybe more. Probably, um, probably a handful. Yeah, the evolution stuff I think would still happen. Degeneration X would still happen, but yeah, you, you wouldn't have as many as fourteen. But I still think he'd be pretty high. Okay, that, that's fine. That's the whole point of this show that you counterpoint. I actually am going to counterpoint your counterpoint. So you you uh, you mentioned his um, his longevity, uh, and that was the second point I wanted to to, to raise. Um, so he started wrestling in March 1992 uh, as the as the infamous Terror Rising. Um, and he's actually had nearly 2,000 matches in his in his career. Uh, the last one was June of 2019 when he uh, teamed up with Shinsuke Nakamura to beat Robbie, uh, Robert Roode and Samoa Joe. I don't even remember that. <laughs> well, no, uh, it was on a live show. It was not uh, It was not televised. It was on just like a right. house show. Okay. Um, and whilst he's, he's currently out with a, a very serious um, heart, heart issue um, that stemmed from a, a cardiac arrest and they've discovered that he's got a genetic uh, heart defect. I think that happened in September of last year, 2021. It's been very still, quiet since then. Yeah. yeah, but he still hasn't officially retired. There's, there's been no confirmation that Triple H has hung the boots up. Um, so taking that into account, this is actually his 30th year as a as a professional wrestler. When we get to March, that will be his 31st year as a professional wrestler. It's incredible. Um, but since 2010, he's uh, only wrestled 53 total matches. Uh, nine, nine in 2011, three in 2012, five in 2013, uh, four in 2014, only one time in 2015. Uh, then in 2016, he wrestled eight. 2017, wrestled 14. Four in 2018 uh, and four in 2019. Um, but if you take out the house shows, which I mentioned with the the, the Robert Roode, Samoa Joe Nakamura uh, match, that number actually drops down to 28 matches in those like 12 years. Wow. Um, so... Uh, this leads me to think that he sticks around because he's part of that that top family, because he's part of the the inner workings of the of the WWE, and, and I think if he isn't uh, a part of that family, if he isn't uh, privy to uh, the those backstage uh, dealings, I don't think he sticks around as long as that. I don't think he he becomes one of those wrestlers where. Um, He's farmed out for a storyline every now and again, especially at the, at the level that he was at. I mean, he was pretty much always in and around the top stars in terms of the authority and, and in terms of the title. So I think that with with him not having that responsibility of being um, such a, a huge figure in the in the company, I think he 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 takes it easier a lot sooner. So. That again will will kind of cut off some of those title reigns because I think his last title reign was actually in 2018. Um, so if he kind of takes it easier, more around 2013, 2014 time, you, you're cutting into those number of title reigns. Yeah, you're cutting a few out. I mean, I think he, I think he, he's made he's made himself Mister Dependable, hasn't he? He's made himself always available. Probably as as you say, because of the family ties, you've. You've seen at least twice he's finished matches with horrific injuries that really shouldn't have done. Uh, he 
there was one one pay-per-view where he wrestled three matches because they were ravaged with injuries on the mm-hmm. on before the show and as you say whenever you think like that daniel when daniel bryan needed uh needed a foil he was he was there for it when seth rollins needed one he was there for it because he's a great heel when ronda rousey needed training he was there for it um when the saudis came calling and they wanted a they wanted a marquee match he was there for that he talked show michaels out of out of retirement essentially one of the people who once they they went it was very likely they were never going to wrestle again and he he talked show michaels around exactly so um yeah i can see exactly what i see exactly where you're coming from there i think you're right you would have hung up the boots a lot sooner or just come back very very occasionally even more occasionally than he has done yeah maybe like almost in an undertaker role yeah Mm -hmm. because how old is he um i think he's 57 i want to say yeah uh 52 52 there's no one else who there's no one else WWE uses of that age is there Mm. No, I think Randy's like early forties. Uh, Cena is probably about forty-five. Um, the Rock will probably be around his age. I would have thought Goldberg. I suppose Goldberg comes back <laughs> occasionally. He's fifty-seven that... years old. I think Goldberg is. Is he? Yeah. Well, he's not. He does well for fifty-seven, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, if if I look anywhere near the the, the way Goldberg looks at fifty-seven, I'll I'll be I'll be very very happy. I don't look that way at, at forty-one. I just, I just hope I keep keep more of my hair than him, but it's not looking likely. <laughs> so the the next uh, kind of pathway I want to go down is uh, his his corporate roles, the the stuff he does backstage. So um, in twenty ten, he uh, he took the role of executive senior advisor, uh, and he was given an office at the at the WWE headquarters. Um, in 2011, that he got a promotion to the executive vice president of talent and live events. Uh, in 2013, this was elevated then to the executive vice president of talent, live events, and creative, uh, where he worked with uh, the WWE creation team uh, to formulate storylines, to help uh, with the programming. Um, and he earned a combined salary uh, for for his uh, for his front office job of one point five million dollars a year. Uh, wow. He also owns uh, quite a lot of of uh, WWE stock. Um, and then again, his role was uh, was elevated in twenty twenty uh, to the executive vice president of global talent strategy and development. So he's kind of moved away from. Uh, uh, the day-to-day running uh, of, of, or being the, the day-to-day involvement of creative for, for the likes of Raw and SmackDown. And now he serves to um, essentially build the future for, for, for WWE in terms of uh, developing talent. Um, and he's also a, an advisor to the CEO for talent strategy. What that entails, I have absolutely no clue, but he basically has a lot of responsibility backstage, especially in kind of bringing new talent into work the WWE way and kind of build stars for the future. I think we, I think we can see what's happening when, when uh, that advice is not happening because he's on sick leave. Well, yeah, exactly. So, 
to those roles. I mean, obviously, he's got another uh, more important role uh, that we'll I'll get into on a, on a separate note. But to those roles, um, I think it's very likely that none of those roles ever come his way. Um, if you if you look at uh, the the business practices of WWE, it's almost unheard of that an, a wrestler uh, climbs that corporate ladder within the company. Um, there's obviously a, a few exceptions, the likes of uh, uh, Patterson, Pat Patterson, uh, Gerald Briscoe, Rene Goulet. They've all kind of climbed that corporate ladder, but none of them have reached the hearts that, that uh, Triple H has. None of them have reached uh, executive vice president status. Um, outside of uh, family members, the only people who, who wielded similar kind of power or authority as Triple H has been the likes of Bruce Pritchard, who's uh, been Vince's right-hand man for a, a, a long, long time, and, and recently Nick Khan, who's, uh, who has been uh, swathing his way through the the, the, the roster uh, with, with impunity, almost. Yeah. So I think... Go on. Yeah, well, you, I think you need... To be able to prove yourself to to Vince McMahon, you need you need time with him, don't you? And we've all heard interviews about how much time wrestlers actually get with Vince, which is very very little, mm-hmm. um, if they're lucky. Um, so it, it, I think it is just that being around the dinner table and actually having time and sharing ideas and 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 as, as you say, that's that's probably got him all those positions because Vince just yep. sees him more than anyone else. Yep. So yeah, that's exactly the 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 point I was uh, I was I was getting to. I think without him marrying uh, the boss's daughter, that doesn't happen. I, I still think he would work with the company. I mean, Vince does have a tendency of uh, of wrestlers who've stuck with him through thick and thin, uh, and Triple H has stuck with the company through some some pretty rough times. Uh, uh, the 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 screw job, uh, the 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 stuff with the click. Um, yeah. So he, he he's been there and he's he's roared those bad times. I mean, um, he was the the person who got the punishment because of what happened with uh, the current call. Uh, yeah. So that that would obviously get him a lot of respect in in terms of Vince's eyes. Definitely. But I, but I don't think it gets him enough respect to warrant uh, executive vice president status. I think no. it's more likely he's a, a road agent or a producer, um, kind of like the levels that you see Shawn Michaels doing now. Or um, Hurricane Helms, Devon Dudley, uh, people of of that ilk. So yeah, I think uh, in terms of corporate roles, he he doesn't go to become the second, third, fourth most important person in the company. No, and Shawn Michaels is the proof in the pudding because Shawn Michaels was Vince's favorite, mm-hmm. always has been Vince's favorite, but yet he never got offered that kind of role. Um, and. I, I feel like it's really unfair on on Triple H that we that, that we talk like this because he's clearly very talented at what he does mm-hmm. in terms of the business side. Um, you know, every, everyone loved NXT. Everyone loved what he did there, uh, and you don't you hear nothing but good things from wrestlers that have left left WWE and people left WWE quite angry. People like Dean Ambrose, uh, John Moxley. Sorry, um, he he sings Triple H's praises um i mean that's it's only cordy that really has bad words for triple h and that's more of a personal thing it's a personal thing um yeah so it's one of them things that he he 
deserves the job he's got. But oh, yeah. it, still, and, it still, and, doesn't, still doesn't take away that he got the job because he got yeah, those two things can be true. This is certainly not a, a character assassination. I'm not saying he, he essentially slept his way to the top um, because you, at the time, he was still a wrestler. He, he wasn't involved in, in, in a lot of this backstage stuff when he first, uh, him and Stephanie first got together. Um, but it's clear that he had a great man for the business and having that opportunity to to be in Vince's uh, inner circle has, has allowed him to, to use that man for the business to to elevate his his own career which yeah. sometimes you need those opportunities you do certainly with Vince yeah. so you you mentioned uh the uh the elephant in the room so let's talk about that NXT that's his baby um he he that was his vision um and i think as a brand it just doesn't happen it doesn't become a thing um the original game show uh, style of, of uh, NXT, which was essentially a rehashing of Tough Enough, um, yeah. that I think happens because that was in around 2010, which is just before uh, Vince st- uh, started elevating Triple H into into more backstage roles. So I think that still happens. They still have a uh, have a need to fill that space on Sci-Fi Channel uh, that was vacated by ECW. Uh, then uh, when uh, SmackDown took that that sci-fi slot, uh, NXT was uh, then moved onto the onto the website uh, before it got rebooted in uh, 2012 under Triple H's vision of becoming um, a development uh, promotion, which then grew into uh, Triple H's kind of version of the Indies. Um, the 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 downfall was it then became the the competition against AEW and when that uh, that failed it's now scaled back into the almost the second iteration where it's the the uh, the developmental uh, I think without Triple H's vision of of that de- uh, developmental brand where he can go and get these uh, darlings from the indie scene and kind of mold them into WWE stars. Uh, I think that NXT does the same kind of thing that, that Tough Enough did, that the D research did. It it was used for a few years and then tossed aside because it had outgrown its usefulness. Um, I think WWE would still use smaller kind of affiliate promotions to uh, to um, kind of train their new talent, the likes of FCW, uh, uh, Deep South, Ohio Valley. Uh, they've all kind of been almost enveloped by WWE. Uh, I think those stick around. Uh, and then this has like a, a huge knock-on effect to to the WWE we see today because I don't think we get the likes of Finn Balor. I don't think we get the likes of Seth Rollins, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens coming through NXT. Um, I still think they'll be amazing wrestlers and they may have made their way to WWE in some shape or form, but... Um, having that kind of build of NXT to uh, to form their characters, I think that maybe some of those get lost in the shuffle or some of those fall through the cracks. And then the, the biggest one, and this one I didn't actually kind of uh, stumble upon until I'd almost finished um, this this segment. We don't get the, the four horsewomen. We don't, we don't <laughs> get Charlotte, Becky, Sasha or Bailey. Um, they are essentially 
the Triple H's progeny. <laughs> they they are the the the, be, the best thing that Triple H did in NXT, um, creating those four huge stars that the company rely on to this day. Uh, without Triple H there to kind of mold them, and without NXT there as a place for them to blossom, do we get do we get those stars? I mean, it's likely that that Charlotte was always going to be a, a star with the the name value, but do we get Becca? Do we get Sasha, do we get Bailey brought into the mix? Does the women's revolution happen without Triple H uh, secretly at the forefront of it? That's that's exactly what I noted. And I, I don't even think Charlotte's a given because you have to appreciate kind of how nurturing Triple H was for those, particularly for those four women, but others, others as well. Um, Charlotte famously didn't want to really become a wrestler. Um, so when she's coming into NXT, you need to someone to have that arm around her to invest in her to make her feel like, yeah, this is this is where I should be. And it's just things like when he when he had them on his WrestleMania entrance, you you, you can't underestimate the impact stuff like that would have had to just give them give them that buzz and give them that they they got got to see WrestleMania and this is what you have to aim for and then what 5 years later they you know some of them are headlining well exactly. every, all of them all of them except Bailey have headlined WrestleMania haven't they yeah um, exactly and and that kind of links into the the point of him kind of wrapping up his career a little bit earlier they they he wouldn't have been at that WrestleMania for those people to to even be part of that even yeah. even if they made their way to the company via other means yeah it's a it's it's a big blow to not have uh nxt and, and we kind of we see it getting ridiculed now we see it, uh getting mocked but it's 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 hard to not understand how how important it was to some of the the biggest stars in wrestling today yeah i mean i, I think people People, people are quick to call NXT a failure um, because you know, for every hundred wrestlers that came in, five, ten made it to the top. But they did make it to the top. And I wrote down the same, exactly the same names: Zio, Owen, Zane, Balor, Rollins, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, does with without Triple H heading NXT and heading talent recruitment? I know he didn't actually go through NXT, but I think he. Triple H would have had a part in signing him. Does Styles and Nakamura not come over? Because mm-hmm. um, they were obviously signed as a package together. And uh, I, I think uh, Vince just stole Styles at the last minute, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, huge. And then, and then the four women. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you lose them, you lose a you lose an entire, as, as we keep saying, rev- revolution. Yeah, an entire generation of, of women's wrestling. I mean, I know WWE are not now at the forefront of, of women's wrestling and that kind of died off due to uh, evolution, the pay-per-view being a monumental financial failure. But without the likes of uh, Becca and Charlotte coming through, it wouldn't have been a thing in the first place. No, not at all. And uh, and you know credit to Stephanie on that as well. I, I don't know Stephanie's been ridiculed in the past for taking some of the credit. Uh, <laughs> My woman's in front of the camera. 
Uh, she could have been a bit, bit better advised on some of that. She, but She totally calmed it when <laughs> I sent those women to that pay-per-view for Empower. <laughs> it was but, me all along. She does deserve some. She does deserve some credit. She she fought that corner as well. Yep, I agree, and that's a, another perfect segue to to the next point I want to talk about. Stephanie, uh, she's the obviously the the other half of this uh this relationship, uh, and it it actually took Vince Russo really kind of pestering Vince McMahon for for Stephanie to become on screen talent. Vince was uh, Vince was not. Uh, up for it at all obviously that's his his baby girl um he was incredibly hesitant he knows what them wrestlers can be like (laughs) exactly well he'd he'd had form with uh, randy savage uh back in the day and he thought yeah i'm not having not having any more of that shenanigans um but yeah uh, that her first kind of real push into um to being an on on uh on-screen character was part of the stone cold uh, versus McMahon and Undertaker feud. Um, that then kind of filtered into her relationship with Test and the issues that Shane had with with, with Test, which quickly leads on to the, the Triple H uh, uh, Vegas marriage and then her turning heel on McMahon and kind of like forming part of the, the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Uh, I think without, without that Triple H um, storyline, uh, turning a re- turning into a heel and and onto a a really divisive character, I think it's possible that she doesn't become such a major on screen figure. I think Vince uh, didn't see her as somebody who who could be front and center to the to the company. He saw her more as someone who would work backstage. Um, so it's very um, possible that that she she doesn't become that that huge force that that uh, on screen authority figure, and without that being that on screen authority figure, does she become the backstage authority figure? Um, because she's currently the 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 uh, executive vice president of creative, uh, the uh, chief brand officer. Does she um, usurp Shane? Uh, in, in those roles um, if it isn't for, for Triple H uh, and her storyline kind of pushing her to, to being, to being a character in wrestling. Interesting take. I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I, my, my notes kind of said she'd remain as a face okay. um, if she was an screen character, um, which would be a shame because I, 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 that's one of my favorite heel turns of all time. I, I loved it. I I still quite often go watch that moment on YouTube. I just think it's perfectly done. Um. Uh. But no, I think I I think I would actually tend to agree with you. I don't think she actually stays on screen as a character much at all. Um. She was. She's a bit of a pathetic character, wasn't she? Before mm-hmm. the McMahon Helms- Helmsley era, she was very very sweet, very innocent. Just just the victim to re- really to to elicit some emotions out of out of Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Um I th- I think she en- she ends up filling this a similar role that Linda did, where you didn't see her week to week, but whenever you needed a MacGuffin to move the storyline along, that was your MacGuffin. That was the person who came in and threw the spanner in the works. <laughs> Stephanie McGuffin. <laughs> Perfectly fits. <laughs> but um I also think when 
when she does when she, when she does turn heel, I still think she's very dependent on Triple H in those first yeah th- those early years. It's mm-hmm. it's very much she is she is the she is the she's alongside Triple H as a as a package. He's still the he's still the one the dominant on screen person and she's kind of not hanging off him but she's you know stroking stroking him kissing him yeah. and well, a typical valet if you like but with with money and power um and uh, and then when you go into like the further storylines the stuff with kurt angle the the stuff with uh randy orton she was the catalyst for a feud rather than being uh, a major part of the of the feud if you understand what i mean Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, in some ways, she like with the Kurt Angle thing, she she almost reverts back to the the early Stephanie. Yeah. So it does take her a long. Actually, it, no. Yeah, it takes her a long time to find that Miss McMahon, if you like. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I agree with you. There just wouldn't have been that patience there, even though it was his daughter. But um, to, to 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 become that character, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, and and and. and the only kind of real major storyline uh, that she had that didn't really involve Triple H was the invasion stuff. And that was because Triple H was injured during essentially all of the invasion. Um, and even then she had kind of a, the crooks of Shane uh, and and the, the rest of the invasion wrestlers uh, to, to lean back on. Yeah. Again, it was just to get a reaction out of Vince, wasn't it? She didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't need to be the leader of ECW. She didn't do anything didn't do anything as the leader of ECW. It was literally just another betrayal to Vince. She she wore a, a Kangol hat backwards. But, uh, <laughs> that was cool, huh? That's um, so cool. That's extreme. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I would, that, that takes me perfectly on to, to my next point, um, and this is a, a pretty uh, involved one. Uh, so, yeah... Uh, talking about that invasion her her crooks that she lent on was was shared um and if you kind of like uh plot their careers in wwe um stephanie's rise to the the top of uh the wwe corporate ladder actually pretty well coincides with shane's fall from grace almost with uh with the company so in the early 2000s shane was uh was heavily involved in creative, uh, transitioned to uh, being MVP of global media. Uh, that 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 move was to make uh, room for Stephanie to to slide into that that role of head of creative. He Shane was uh, in this global media role for about three years. Uh, he ended up securing some big deals uh, in Canada, Brazil, Mexico, and Europe. 
but then in 2009, um, he abruptly left the company and uh, and Shane and the WWE only uh, issued a very vague statement uh, saying, having been associated with uh, this organisation for the majority of my life, I feel that this is the opportune time in my career to pursue outside ventures. Uh, <laughs> what did Vince tweet? Good luck, Shane McMahon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was actually his birthday a couple of uh, a, a couple of days ago, and Vince didn't didn't re- tweet him at all this year. Not at all. <laughs> Stephanie did. Stephanie tweeted him, but Vince didn't tweet him his birthday tweet at all. I was looking forward to reading it and then passing it on to a friend of the show, uh, Jess from uh, Jess Watches Wrestling. But yeah, no reply from Vince whatsoever. <laughs> He's, he's brutal. He's brutal. He really is. He really is. Um, so, yeah, he, Shane actually returned to the company um, in 2016 as part of uh, an on-screen talent, and now he's doing some producer work. Uh, but in May uh, 2020, it was actually revealed uh, uh, some of the reasonings behind why Shane actually left his role uh, in, in WWE. Um, it was because he realised that his father, uh, Vince, had, had, had positioned his sister Stephanie and Triple H as heirs to the throne uh, and that Shane was actually tired of Vince overlooking his ideas uh, that he envisioned for the company. Uh, and Jim Ross actually expands on on this uh, thought process uh, with uh, an interview with Mick Foley uh, and he says he never actually thought that Shane would leave uh, but he also never thought that Shane was the heir apparent. Uh, and at some point uh, around uh, 2009, this is when Shane realised that Vince was always going to go in another direction uh, for his successor, and that was uh, that was Stephanie, and that was Triple H. Triple H was always going to be the guy. Um, he's still always going to be that guy. And then he uh, he expands by saying uh, he didn't know that uh, that these drastic times would take on such drastic measures. Uh, where Shane would leave uh, leave the company uh, to go out on his own. He said, but I think at the end of the day, uh, all Shane McMahon wanted to do was make his dad proud in the business, and it seemed uh, in Shane's eyes that that opportunity was never going to, to exist. He also said um, that Vince saw more of himself in Stephanie than he did in Shane and, and, and thusly trusted her with, with the company. And he, he recalls a, an incident when he was uh, talking with Vince and he said, uh, Vince told him that he loves both of his kids, uh, loves all his great uh, his grandchildren, his great grandchildren. I uh, said that Stephanie's got all girls, Shane's got all boys. And he says, and it's a great position to be in. Uh, but the bottom line is that the girl, Stephanie, is more like me than the boy, Shane. Um, and he says, I don't know how we actually got into the conversation, but Vince has always said that, that Stephanie has had that that aggressive uh, eye of the tiger attitude. He said sometimes hyper-aggressive uh, in the eyes of some, uh, but that's, that's what he wanted for his role in the company. Uh, and he said, Vince has always wanted controversy. He's always wanted strong leadership. He's always wanted uh, people who can make an impact. Uh, and he always thought that Stephanie was more a Vince creation where Shane was more like Linda, uh, more calm and collected. So it, it took Shane almost 40 years to realise that that he was never 
the the son that triple that uh, Vince wanted and Triple H was. <laughs> that's, that's horrific. That was that was breaking my heart with every sentence. It, it's, I mean, we've we've joked about this for a hell of a long time that that uh, Vince doesn't love Shane, <laughs> and this this kind of proves it. This kind of shows that that Vince loves Triple H more than he does Shane McMahon, which is. That's brutal. That's very, very brutal. (laughs) Stephanie is clearly more ruthless, whereas Mm -hmm. Shane, again, a lot, a lot. You see a lot of interviews. Shane is one of the boys. Um, He he comes across as genuinely a a likable person, a really nice person. Where Stephanie, as a business person, you would back her to the hilt. As a friend or someone you get along with, she she's very cold very kind of almost like a an ass queen absolutely and it begs the question question what what should a wrestling promoter look like in this day and age because uh, arguably vince's vince's uh managerial style is not <laughs> it's not very modern <laughs> um it, it sounds like it's very very ruthless yeah yeah and you know, we're in in this era where you where fans know what goes on behind the scenes, and they get very angry when they see someone being in their eyes unjustly treated. That kind of style of Vince and Stephanie just might not cut it anymore. Perhaps Shane would have been a better option, mm-hmm. but but Vince wouldn't see it that way. And again, correct me if if I'm wrong, but Triple H is a wrestler, and wrestlers running wrestling companies has never typically been that successful mm-hmm. um you, you see now the, the the big the big two are vince and tony and they're not wrestlers well i mean is is aw successful in terms of money maybe not i mean i've no idea i've no idea <laughs> but yeah i do get your point you need you need a, a business acumen to run the business rather than uh a wrestler mindset because a wrestler would always look after the boys, I suppose, rather than look after the pennies. Yeah. I may, I may, and maybe Shane would, would be guilty of doing that ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but but it, it does kind of um, rubber stamp everyone's thought that, that when Shane comes back to wrestle and he throws himself off higher and higher and higher apparatus, he, he's still doing it because he wants his dad to to love him, and he's just never going to. That could be the only reason. Well, why why would he do these things? Because if dad comes calling, I need I need you, I need your son to get thrown off a two hundred <laughs> foot scaffold. Of course, daddy, will you love me? We'll talk about it after the match. <laughs> <laughs> that that can be the only reason why he does it. He, he he won't need the money, so he doesn't need to well, make no, a name for. He, he he went to China and he was massively successful in in uh, telecommunications over there. Like really did well, um, and came back because because his dad wanted him to to come back to the fold. Yeah, and throw himself off the top of a cell. Yeah, and and now he's a producer, where Triple H who was not related to Vince whatsoever, is the the, the EVP of uh, global talent relations. <laughs> Seems fair. Can you imagine if your dad owned a company 
and some Normark who was tubbing your sister was <laughs> was the highest was the higher in the job than you were. Was your boss essentially? Was your boss? You'd be fuming. Yeah, he must be so angry. He'll take it to his grave. You'll be bit. He'll be bitter to the day he dies. <laughs> Oh, and again, that's a, another great segue because this one is going to get pretty dark, and it is about taking stuff to to the grave. Um, yeah, let's talk China. Hmm. So she, yeah, she's on, she's on, she's on my spider diagram as well. So let's see what you got. Yep. Yeah, so it was. It's always been wildly rumored that uh, Triple H cheated on uh, China with Stephanie. Um, so Triple H and China actually started uh, dating in 1996, uh, and it was Triple H who, who personally petitioned Vince to bring her into the company uh, as a bodyguard. That happened uh, in, in the middle of 1997. Uh, and according to China's uh, former manager, um, she actually started to suspect Triple H was having an affair uh, once we got into the, 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 the Triple H and uh, Stephanie storyline. On screen, uh, Triple H gives Stephanie an engagement ring, uh, and this uh, this caused a blazing row with uh, with uh, China and, and Trips, because to China's knowledge, her and Triple H were engaged, but he never gave her uh, an engagement ring. Uh, so she sees Triple H giving an engagement ring to, to Stephanie on screen, and and she she confronts him says is this real is this is this uh what's happening with stephanie is this real or is it is it storyline uh triple h gets uh really defensive about it denies it obviously uh but um the 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 kind of a pivotal point for china is when uh triple h uh tells her to stop accusing him um now, uh, apparently, this led to China actually uh, picking the lock of uh, Triple H's briefcase uh, and inside it. And this is all according to tri- uh, China's manager, obviously. Um, Triple H's briefcase. <laughs> Was Triple H a briefcase wanker? <laughs> he looks like one. Walking he also into looks the locker like room. a bus wanker as well. He does look like a bus wanker. He's a tank wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she pickpockets his briefcase, uh, and in the briefcase she apparently found a, a letter from Stephanie where she declares a love, and uh, I assume it had a a, a little uh, tick box where it says, "Do you like me?" Tick yes or no, um, <laughs> because it's incredibly childish. Definitely um, a lipstick kiss on there as well, <laughs> and a little a sp- little spray of perfume. <laughs> <laughs> On WWE headed paper. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, in a in a, a twenty fifteen interview with Vince Russo, China said that um, she had a meeting with Vince McMahon uh, after the uh, the the issue with Stephanie McMahon and, and the arguments that she had with Triple H, and that she was uh, sent home uh, by Vince. And later received a fax to say that she uh, her services were no longer required. Um, and um, Jim Ross actually uh, said that China had made counter um, arguments that she wanted to stick around with the company. She obviously knew that Triple H and, and Stephanie was a thing, uh, and she wanted essentially Vince to buy her silence, and she wanted a, a, a contract bump to a million dollars a year. I think she was on around four hundred thousand at the time, and and Vince just flat out said no, 
absolutely not. Your 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 services are no longer required. Um, this uh, actually um, led her into kind of a downward spiral. Uh, now, actually, all the way through her personal life with uh, with Hunter, uh, it wasn't exactly a bed of roses. There'd, there'd already been reports of alcohol abuse and substance abuse. Um, but in the in the period after the relationship uh, had, had faltered uh, and she'd left the company, which she stated multiple times uh, that working with the WWF was what kept her sane. Uh, a lot of the times, she always felt like that that was her home. She had uh, struggling relationships with her parents. Um, that this this whole kind of breakdown sent her spiraling into into depression. Uh, she had re- struggled really badly with mental health, uh, more and more alcohol and substance abuse. Um, she ended up having a relationship with uh, with Sean Waltman, uh, which uh, led to uh, some extracurricular, shall we, activities. Um, some uh, very infamous uh, movies that were were released. Um, she actually ended up beating. Um, Sean Waltman up. She got arrested for that um, in in 2005. She then uh, was reported to have stripped off and jumped in a, to a fish tank in a New York club. Um, okay. She appeared on uh, the Howard Stern show, uh, absolutely off her trolley on drugs and alcohol. Um, and unfortunately, and this is where it starts getting really dark, uh, she had multiple um, suicide attempts. All this, all uh, during this, she was still kind of trying to work her way in in the wrestling uh, business. Had time in Impact and time in New Japan, um, but ultimately, um, this issue with Triple H and the issue with uh, with uh, falling out with uh, people in the WWE um, it led to a untimely passing. And in 2016, um, she she died from a, a suspected overdose of prescription drugs. Um, for me. Um, if Stephanie and Hunter didn't have that affair, and I, I think that's a huge trigger into why China spiraled the the way she did. Um, but I I I, I can't quite decide whether this stops her from from spiraling altogether, or if this was just a trigger that that almost set off the inevitable. Um, or going all the way through her, her kind of uh, life with her family and and kind of uh, the the bullying that she went through as a kid and and uh, the way she got into weight training as a uh, as a, a way to um, kind of um, to satiate those bullies uh, the 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 dependency on a on a relationship with Triple H the dependency on working with the the WWE it feels that maybe this trigger was always going to happen maybe not not uh the the affair but something else would have triggered this this spiral into depression that she always uh, had this uh this ongoing struggle with her with her internal self and um at the oh, looking on the bright side i would hope that it, it didn't happen and we got china uh in the wrestling uh, business for a lot longer because i think she was a breath of fresh air she was certainly different in the era that, that she came through uh instead of being the uh the typical um swimsuit model uh bra and panties match she could wrestle she looked legitimate i mean there was there was talks of her challenging steve austin for a for a, a 
the 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 world title. I mean, the, she got to a point where she was the number one contender for her for a while. Uh, won the Intercontinental title a couple of times. Uh, the first woman to enter the the Royal Rumble. Um, she was a, an absolute trailblazer, and I think if uh, if her and Triple H uh, didn't break up because of this uh, this Stephanie issue, we may have had China in in the company for a, a lot longer, and and maybe she wouldn't have gone down this route that that led to her untimely passing. Yeah, it's another one that's really difficult to unpick, isn't it? Like you said, mm-hmm. she had a lot of a lot of troubles that contributed to to a situation but you know a lot of those troubles did come after as well like the, the relationship with with sean waltman was very clearly very destructive mm-hmm. the the videos that came out that then she my reading of it she 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 thought that the videos are out anyway so i might as well do porn anyway mm-hmm. um which was clearly not something she wanted to do i don't think or i was ever comfortable with doing so I think a lot of the struggles came after, and it's clear it's clear that Triple H had her always had her back when they were together. And I think, like you said, he brought her into the fold. He really pushed for her to be the on-screen bodyguard for him. I, I, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he pushed for her to be world champion, or certainly um, number one contender. Yeah. Um. So you know, here she is. She's living her dream of being a WWE superstar. He's supporting her in this. Um, of course, I didn't, I didn't know this, but um, Triple H has apparently always been teetotal. Yeah. So even, even in his time with the click, he was, uh, he was essentially the designated driver. He's, he's yeah. never, never been into drugs or alcohol at all. So you'd always have that positive influence as well that you'd hope, would you know just because your partner's teetotal doesn't mean you 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 would be but it, it's got to be a positive impact doesn't it mm-hmm. uh, rather than fucking about with sean waltman off your face on whatever he was taking um so yeah you if if he doesn't meet if he doesn't meet stephanie and doesn't doesn't have that relationship with stephanie and he stays with china or even if they even if they parted at more some amicably. point, more amicably, because yeah. the, let's, if if it's true that she was sacked so unceremoniously, it would be because Stephanie and Triple H asked for it. Mm-hmm. So, so she's a she's a well, fawn in the side. Get get rid from, of it. From from what I read, it wasn't particularly that uh, that their petition for her to be sacked. It was the that China essentially confronted Vince, saying, "If you want me to not." kick up a stink about this i want a bumped up deal and vince was like you aren't worth that that money to me uh essentially without triple h uh, uh, being part of uh of dx you're not really worth a lot anyway to the company so off you go so i think she kind of painted herself into a corner with uh, the the way she approached Vince about it, uh, and Vince is always going to side with his daughter. If someone goes yeah, uh, yeah, to Vince course. with an issue with Steph, especially with it being a a relationship issue that that really shouldn't have an effect on 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 the product, he's always going to side with Steph. So she was in a a lose lose situation, no matter which way she she went. Yeah, and of course, once she's fired because of those reasons, she also knows unlike other people who've left the movie she knows there's no road there's never a road back 
that 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 dream is now officially dead. It's not like a a Drew McIntyre situation. You can go away, work hard for three years, and come back better than ever. Um, so it must have it must have had an appalling impact on her mm-hmm. on her mental health. So I, I'm with you. You'd, you'd like to hope that in an alternative scenario where Stephanie and Triple H don't get together, she she would have ultimately been saved and still be with us now. I I actually written down. I I think she might have become a world champion. They yeah. they were they were big on her. Mm-hmm. China was a massive deal. They obviously made her intercontinental champion. That's only one step away. Number one contender, Royal Rum, uh, entry in the Royal Rumble years before any other women woman entered Royal Rumble. And like I said, Triple H was petitioning for her to be in the title scene. So mm-hmm. I, I could imagine her, uh, uh, particularly in the times uh, Russo was still there. You know, being being a world champion, I I totally agree with you. Um, I don't know if uh if it would have been stripping Stone Cold, uh, because he he uh, uh, apparently was not happy with the fact that he he was actually having to even contemplate a match with uh with China. But yeah, she was a huge star. She looked legitimate, and it would have it would have got a lot of eyes onto the product. So yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. China as, as world champion would have been Tessa Tessa Blanchard as champion a decade earlier, two decades earlier. Two decades earlier, yeah. yeah. I think didn't Austin refuse to do the job to Brock Lesnar? He, oh. he walked out because <laughs> So he's not gonna be doing it to China, is he? Yeah. But she could be but yeah, I, I was thinking about this just in terms of a timeline. Something like the six man Armageddon cell match. Mm-hmm. She, you could see her winning something like that, where she's not going over one on one against someone, but she, you know, she she just she's in there by merit, and then she profits from just chaos, utter chaos going on everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a ready made storyline with her um, potentially facing Triple H. Exactly. Like if, if she wins, like you said, a multi man or multi person match like that, then Triple H is. Thanks, but give me the belt now. I'm the I'm I'm the champion in this relationship, uh, and then she's like, absolutely not, no, no way. And then it leads to a China versus Triple H, where obviously he goes over because lol, Triple H wins. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's the it's the, uh, the Triple H Randy Orton story, isn't it? Five years <laughs> earlier, <laughs> he, he's the she's the Booker T to to his WrestleMania team match. <laughs> <laughs> would he would he would he would he utter the same line? What, you people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think we're we're kind of on the same page that um if that relationship ending didn't happen, that it's it's more likely that China's still still around or was still around uh to have more of an impact on on the, the wrestling business. Yeah, I, I, I could you imagine her now in the you, you, you can see Lita's coming back for matches. I believe Trish Stratus has come back for matches. Can you imagine China now, if she's still kept in shape, she's fit and healthy, coming back for a match against Charlotte Flair, whatever. It'd be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. What and she would be more thought of as as one of those pioneers as well. I mean, ever since the 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 stuff with uh with with X Pac and 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 the subsequent Paul, she's been brushed under the carpet. She's almost like the 
the the red headed stepchild that WWE don't want to talk about. I mean, there's how many times has there been a, a push for her to be in the Hall of Fame, and rightly so. She should be. the The stuff she did was was um, was groundbreaking. Uh, and Triple H has, has always said she absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but WWE can't get past the fact that she went and did hardcore pornography. Um, when you they don't want uh, the younger fans searching for China, and then um, her exploits with expat being one of the first things that she found. Thankfully, now she's in the Hall of Fame as part of DX, and maybe that was a kind of a test to see whether she she could go in on her own. I know Triple H has been championing the fact that she absolutely deserves a spot uh in the in the in the the company uh the Hall of Fame on her own merit. So maybe it'll happen in, in the in the upcoming years. But yeah, if if she didn't have this uh this kind of massive fallout, she would be one of those legends that keeps coming back, one of those legends that that keeps kind of a uh, pushing the the women's uh, revolution forward, and she would absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, she'd be in the Hall of Fame. And if she, if she'd uh, if she'd become a a world champion, then she, she she'd just be the biggest legend you could bring back mm-hmm. in in the mm-hmm. women's game. She'd remember far eclipsing Trish Stratus and Lita. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, those are, are the 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 points that that I've got. So have you got any other kind of a mindsets or thought processes to, to go through we've covered so so many of mine there um so i'll go first. <laughs> no. i think that, i think that this was always going to be a topic where we had similar views because yeah. the 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 way that triple h's career has gone you can kind of pinpoint what would have changed in in some ways? Obviously, we're going to have uh, some differences, but you can kind of pinpoint what would have changed in terms of things like NXT, in terms of stuff like uh, the China stuff and the and the Stephanie and Shane stuff. But uh, but yeah, see uh, see what you've uh, got that that maybe I haven't touched upon. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save ten percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So the stuff I had down that, that we've we've covered and, agree, and, and agreed with, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just go over that and then um, and then we'll come back to the the slightly crazier stuff. So um, wait for. <laughs> so we we yeah we, we NXT absolutely completely agreed with you don't think it happens i think we lose a hell of a lot of um great younger talent that we've got now we lose the potentially lose the women's revolution we certainly lose the horsemen horsewomen as they are now i think we don't get the uk tournament mm-hmm. um and then obviously nxt uk, NXT UK. Yeah. no no because that, that, that came from the tournament didn't it? but he was a he he pushed that uk tournament massively and um, the global localization stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which we didn't get anyway. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't think the UK tournament happens. Um China, we've just gone over, completely agree with that. Um I think his um I think he'd have a greater legacy if he hadn't got married to Stephanie. Because okay. on his own merits, he's a fantastic wrestler. He is one of 
one of, if not the best heels there's been in certainly certainly in the modern era. Um, and again, I guess we 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 did question whether the longevity would have been the same if 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 things had been different. But he has he has had longevity. I still think he would have won a lot of titles. I, I think I think we'd be more inclined to be talking about him as a Mount Rushmore talent if he didn't have that massive asterisk against him that he's always going to have, unfortunately. For, for that, being a part of the family. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I suppose that, for me, was was the biggest kind of leap of, of faith in terms of, of my mindset. Um, and the only thing I had to really compare him was was other wrestlers of, of his calibre and how they weren't part of that inner circle and how many titles they'd won. Uh, but then on the on the kind of the, the flip side, you, you could compare him to the likes of maybe Randy Orton, who's had 14 world titles. You could compare him to the likes of Edge, who's had close to that Cena. Um, so it's quite possible he does still become a, um, a dozen-time, 14-time world champion. Um, I just thought maybe... Uh, with with having that family relationship, that is that's what kind of put him front and centre a lot more than perhaps he would have done uh, if he wasn't part of that family. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree on that. Um, right, so let's let's make my big leaps. Okay, <laughs> first one, little brew up, up, folks. Here we go. Little mini booking for you. Okay. Wow. And the, the script. It's it's not really a booking. It's not. It's nothing compared to what you do, but. I think um, if Stephanie and Triple H are a thing, either on screen or off screen, I think they go all in on Undertaker's Dark Bride story. Mm. And the Undertaker's and the Undertaker's forced marriage of Stephanie doesn't get saved by Steve Austin. Steve Austin tries to save it, but fails. So Undertaker and Stephanie get married. And exactly the same situation plays out. Stephanie is actually he in on it. He takes her to Vegas. <laughs> but he, he wasn't in Vegas. He just strung her up on the crucifix. <laughs> Why waste money on an airfare? <laughs> and, and drugs. Just, uh, <laughs> just, just strap her on a crucifix. Brilliant. <laughs> so um, instead of the terrible, the terrible reveal we had, the higher power is Stephanie. Mm, which which then makes like the things like the teddy bear make sense because how would the Undertaker know what Stephanie McMahon's teddy bear was when she was a child? He wouldn't, but Stephanie would know. Well, yeah. I guess Vin, Vince knew because Vince was high power, but go with me on this. <laughs> It'd be better than Vince being I mean, high power. I mean, the, the rumor was that it was meant to be Christopher Daniels as well, so how would yeah. he have known? I don't know. It maybe something to do with that. It was, it was very small as well. So <laughs> he's was not happy about that. He's whatsoever. probably smaller than Stephanie. <laughs> the lower power. <laughs> so Steph is the higher power. And Steph's the higher power for much of the same reasons Shane uh, took issue with Vince. So it's the, like the mistreatment of Linda, the sleeping around, the just the general abuse of power um, and no respect for his family. So she wants to bring Vince down with the ministry. Interesting. Then that becomes a bigger angle and a more 
a longer angle. So Steph's ministry, Steph and Undertaker's ministry, like rule the company for a, you know a good year. Um, just completely riding roughshod over over everyone. Long long title reign for Undertaker. Um, Midian, Viscera, Edge, Christian, <laughs> Jack Gangrel, all doing all Midian, doing what they do. Ha- yeah, hanging gets people to left, rock right, and around center. naked as long as he wants. <laughs> they just yeah. Uh, when when Undertaker needs dark bidding doing, he do, they do it. Um, mm-hmm. Which takes us all the way up to WrestleMania 2000. Wow. And then we get a better McMahon in every corner match. So we still get a McMahon in every corner match. Um, we've got Stephanie with The Undertaker, who is champion. You've got Vince still with The Rock for the same reasons, reasons before. He just wants to just just wants to get this all over and done with and rebuild his com- company with Rock as champion. Um, Shane is now with Triple H. Because he wants to make a corporate champion with Triple H, in this in this timeline, the corporate ministry never becomes a thing. It's it's just the Ministry of Darkness, and Shane's got his corporation. Linda has Chris Jericho. Oh, poor Mick Foley! <laughs> Mick Foley was never belonged in that match. <laughs> every every storyline bums Mick Foley out. I mean, I know. We, we essentially stripped him of his world titles in one storyline that had nothing to do with him. Oh. And now you're bumming you out of a WrestleMania moment. Oh, he didn't even get fucking dressed for the poster or the DVD cover. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he just got out of bed. I think um, you're a closet uh, Mick Foley hater. No, I do you, like no, I, I love Mick Foley. Out of you. <laughs> I love Mick Foley, but... Your, your he, booking tells a different tale. He didn't belong in that match. It didn't make any sense. Okay, um, right. From that match, the reason here comes the next massive leap. Okay, uh, are you are you are you familiar with um, shipping? Okay, are you familiar with shipping? It. Yeah, yep. we're like it's like typically in fan fiction where people like they write they really want Harry Potter to get off with Hermione or whatever, mm-hmm. or I think One Direction fans did it a lot. They wrote stories about. Harry Styles getting off with Zane or something or other. So, so Jesus. So I'm I'm gonna do a bit of shipping. Uh, this is your one night China moment, isn't it? It is a bit. Right. Because <laughs> if Stephanie doesn't get married to Triple H, she she clearly gets married to someone, doesn't she? In real life. Okay. That person's Chris Jericho. Because I'm I'm sure I've not done any research into this, but I'm sure there were rumours that that Stephanie had a thing for Chris Jericho, and that's why Triple H never liked him. And Vince always really liked Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was one of the few that he did take into his kind of inner circle and invited him around for dinner and stuff. Um, mm. So he, I mean, it makes kind of, all all the kind of uh, calling her a, a bottom feeding trash bag whore. Seem almost schoolyard tactics that exactly. he was calling her because he really liked her. Yeah. Well, how hot was their chemistry on screen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Jericho and Stephanie had the best, the best chemistry on screen. I, I think, I think there was, I think there was something there, um, and that's why Triple H doesn't like Chris Jericho. 
Um, so you, you search Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon on Google and fanfic is, is one of the auto <laughs> choices. That's all me. That's before my e-fedding days. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Even Fartful have got a post up about uh, there is a four million word fan fiction about Stephanie McMahon and Chris Jericho. So you're right. There, there is clearly something there. Four million words. Yeah. Someone's done a story. <laughs> the storyline has they've covered twelve years. Twelve <laughs> years of, of storyline in this fan fiction. I need to read that. Send me the link. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than one of your bookings. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and I look, I, what I did look at was when Chris Jericho got married. And I think that was in 2001. So um, I seem he's with his wife before that, obviously. But it could it could have worked. It could have, the timeline could have worked. Um, and then Jericho goes on, because Vince did, does really like Chris Jericho, um, mm-hmm. which is why he's always giving him such lenient, contracts and yeah sure go and gig for eight months and just come back for wrestlemania it's fine um so jericho then goes on and becomes executive vice president of talent relations wow and chris jericho's got a great mind for the business he'd do as good as good a job as triple h i think i mean maybe 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 I mean, it, it goes to show with AEW that he's got a great man for the business. I mean, his um, fingerprints are all over that company. Maybe not in terms of um, in terms of recognised EVP status, but you can tell he has Tony Khan's ear. A lot of his um, his friends and a lot of his storylines are, are, are booked. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I think um, he would make a great... Um, EVP in in the WWE, and I also think that you're you're right, you're spot on with uh, how Vince sees Chris Jericho. If uh, if pretty much any other wrestler had left the company and helped set up a rival promotion, he, they would they would be cast aside and never be allowed back. You can honestly see Chris Jericho walking back into WWE and being a big star, uh, pretty much whenever he wanted. He's got that kind of stroke with Vince McMahon. Uh, so you, yeah, that that it's viable. It's outrageous, but it is viable. Thank you very much. And then, right, so just looping back to WrestleMania 2000, Linda's picked Chris Jericho because she knows that they've got a thing. They they've got a thing going on. Chris Jericho is like the savior. He's gonna he's gonna turn Stephanie good again. Jericho wins the match. Sees the champion at WrestleMania 2000. Uh, and then he he saves her from the from Undertaker's mind warping, and they go on, and they they're married off screen, and they're married on screen, and there you go. That's <laughs> it. Really, no, I'm I'm not even mocking. That is that is inspired. I I would not have. I didn't even uh, contemplate what happened with uh with uh Stephanie um without this relationship uh, with Triple X happening. So yeah, that's a. An inspired mindset, and I've I've sent you the link to the fan fiction as well. I'm going to read that before bed. That's my bedtime. Well, how long do you say it was? Perhaps is there? So there are, and I'll, I'll link it in the description as well. Five hundred and three pages to this to this uh, fan fiction. 
Okay, maybe, maybe I'll save it for the for the summer holiday. That'll be my read on the uh, on, the, on, the, on the sun lounger. Can you imagine? Yeah, get it on the Kindle. Get it downloaded on the Kindle. <laughs> um, and that's that's what I've that's all I've got. The other the other the other salacious one, potentially salacious one, was was actually China. Um, the stuff with China that um we've already covered. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this was this kind of topic lent itself to to having similar mindsets. I think. Yeah. Um. I guess the other the other one. I guess again, we've covered this slightly. Is I think you do lose quite a few of the power struggle stories that Triple H has definitely have already be always been involved in, and have always been very very good at. Mm-hmm. The, the the massive one that leaps is is the S movement, the the Daniel Bryan. But then, if you have Chris Jericho in that role, that yeah, negates it. Yeah, it does actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Jericho and Austin as the the two man power trip. At least uh, Jericho's quads wouldn't fail him and uh, explode and leave Austin to do all the work on his own. So <laughs> you might have had that lo- that uh, that uh, longevity of that storyline. Yeah, she should have had a better eye for quads. <laughs> if she if she could have her time she, again, she should have known better when she saw her own dad's quads explode and think, oh. <laughs> That was sexy. I'll have a little bit of that. Who has got dodgy quads? Trips. <laughs> they, they say you marry your father, don't they? <laughs> that's that's the moment that sealed it for her. The, the issue is that Vince was that kind of gruesome that he wanted there to be a storyline with uh, with him and Steph, and then a storyline with Steph and, and Shane. So, oh, that's yeah. horrific. I changed Shane have walked out right there and then. <laughs> I think that might that's might be when he, he kind of it dawned on him. Yeah. Or maybe he thought that's this is the only way that he's gonna love me <laughs> if I if I marry her. Vince may be a big believer in eugenics, keeping those genes in the solitary gene pool. <laughs> I and, wouldn't discount uh, it. Yeah, and, and with that, let's let's uh, draw a line under this uh, this subject. But yeah, uh, interesting that we approached it from two different ways, but came up with pretty similar kind of ideas. Um, but it's on yeah, you I, now, Mister. I thought I thought I was I thought I didn't think you'd bring up the the, the China link. I thought I'd, I thought I was down. A, I thought I got a good one there, but you got it as I, well. I, I usurped you with it. <laughs> Uh, that was a great topic. Uh, Kudos to you on there. You you you, you smashed them at the park. And, and like I said at the beginning, it was tough at first. Uh, usually, uh, and I've mentioned it before on the show. Usually, I, I'll have kind of a mindset, and then uh, it'll be slow going at the beginning, uh, and then the the kind of like the thought processes flow out. This was a struggle. It was a struggle to kind of picture where Triple H's career would go. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that even with that struggle, we still came out with similar. Similar thoughts, yeah. So now it's on you, Mister Mister Toller. It's uh, your your turn to pick a topic. All right. Well, this is this follows neatly on actually, um, because what my... if Vince did marry Stephanie, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it is uh, so one of the things we we ruled out if Triple H had married Stephanie. What it's okay. So what if it didn't happen? What if uh Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, 
Sasha Banks and Bailey. What if they didn't happen? What if they didn't? Uh, well, let's just say they, they, they never joined the WWE. They never actually. They never actually joined. Wow. I'd like to put a tiny little asterisk on this one as well. Uh, I, I, think, I feel that this will be a big asterisk. No, it's not a big asterisk. Um, asterisk was the small one. Obelisk was the big one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been lost for train of thought now because I think it feeds well into your fantasy booking. Okay. Um, just the, the, the small asterisk, and be, you know, because 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 we're two Brits on the show, Paige doesn't get injured. So, so essentially you're saying, what if Paige was a multi-time world champion in the face of the women's revolution? <laughs> That's what that I, what want. I, was, I just want us to, I just want us to put wrong or right, put right or wrong. <laughs> you put right a very, yeah. a very hurtful wrong that, that, that annoys Paul to this day. Those <laughs> fucking four horsewomen coming in and dominating, how dare they, when Paige <laughs> should have been that person. <laughs> no, um, Paige doesn't have to be a part of it, but I'm just saying... If you if if we're doing like a fantasy booking or whatever, then let's 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 discount her injury as well because she was she was gonna be the leader of the women's revolution before yeah, I mean, the other four came, wasn't she? She she came over as um as NXT champion to to the main roster, didn't she? Yeah, and, and won won the title on night one. Yeah, won the title on that one. So yeah, um, absolutely makes sense. So essentially, what if uh, there was no four horsewomen and Paige ruled the roost? <laughs> Paige became becomes fourteen time world champion, and she marries Stephanie and becomes a EVP of global talent uh, relations. I love to read that uh, ship in fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> wow, jeez! Uh, and with that note, Mister Tully, let's uh, let's do the outro. Let's do let's do it. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed that. I I I've, I've had such a great laugh for this last was ninety minutes. Um, really good laugh. I hope, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you want more of these shenanigans, we are putting them out each and every week. Um, and the best way to to find that on a Thursday is go over to your podcast provider of choice, uh, find Cheershot Radio Network, and subscribe there. Um, not only will you get us every each and every Thursday with a new what if, you'll also get lots of fantastic other content throughout the week. You've got you've got Cheershot Radio, uh, Freeman Weave, Outsiders Edge, uh, Greg DeMarco Show, loads of awesome stuff. Um, uh, so go. Go subscribe there. You won't. You won't regret it. Um, head over to Twitter. Give us a follow. Um, he's at Podfather Mags. I'm at Rain Counter, and uh, our good friend uh, Ray is at It's Ray Cash. Um, go over and uh, go go follow him and, and tell him how much he's been he's been missed because I know we've missed him uh, this week and uh, and a few weeks ago as well. Um, we'll definitely be picking his brains on what he thought of uh, <laughs> of our non Triple H timeline because um, he'll have great takes on that. Um, and we look forward to seeing um, Greg's take on it in a few weeks or a few few months when he writes those up. Um, Greg DeMarco he's he's writing his own retaliations to our what ifs or his own ideas based on our what ifs. And you can find those over on the cheershot.com again, along with all your hard hitting pro wrestling news and opinion. 
And you can, if you want to wear your love for us on your chest, you can, uh, well, you could paint it on a lipstick, I guess, or... Like, like the acolytes. <laughs> like, the, like the acolytes. <laughs> Invent us a symbol. Um, <laughs> or you easier, uh, you could go over to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash... Um, oh, what is it, Magsies? The, the chair shot? ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shop. The Chair Shop. And a wonderful array of um, cool t-shirts there. Um, if any take your liking, uh, you'll be supporting the podcast. You'll be supporting the excellent uh, content that gets put out each and every day on The Chair Shop. Um, and I think that's it. So um, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll. I hope you have a great week. I hope you come back next Thursday. Uh, hope you stay safe and most importantly i hope you always use your head uh thank you for listening TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.